Welcome to the Everything Podcast, the place for everything education. Whether you're a first-year teacher or a seasoned educator, our mission is to help you employ smart strategies in and out of the classroom. We firmly believe that teacher burnout isn't inevitable. Part inspiration and part implementation, we discuss the why and how to make your classroom effective and sustainable. We're your hosts, Danielle and Nicole. You're listening to the Everything Podcast, podcast episode 26. Danielle, we're back. We are back. <laughs> Just the two of us. We've been so lucky to have Amanda Murtaugh on with us now for two episodes. Just you and me now talking about something very special and very relevant to your life. Yes, <laughs> that, that might be the understatement of the year right there. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what's going on. How are you? What are we expecting so, so soon? You know, interesting choice of words there with, with expecting. Um, so as some of you might know, if you've been following us on Instagram, um, obviously I, I am expecting uh, at the time this goes live, hopefully I will be at home with a, a little boy. Um, and our episode today is all about getting your classroom ready for your maternity leave or any other long-term leave that you've got kind of scheduled that you're going to go on. So we're, we're talking about how to leave your classroom in good hands because I'm a volleyball coach. Having good hands is very important. And <laughs> therefore, that's what I think of when I'm thinking about getting ready. Just had another volleyball coach in there, didn't you? I did. I did. <laughs> so whether you're leaving your classroom as maybe you're going on maternity leave or medical leave or whatever the situation, there's so, so much to think about. And the time of year that you are leaving is also a huge part in this puzzle. Without so, a doubt. yeah, the fact that your substitute will be finishing up the remainder of the school year with your high school English students mm-hmm. is it's a big task. Yes, with without a doubt. And can I just preface this episode by saying I am not an expert in maternity leave <laughs> by any means, um, but I do want to share what I've been doing that I found helpful because hopefully other people might find it useful too. I think that sometimes there's not a whole lot of information that's forthcoming about these types of things. Yeah, I agree. Although I don't know much about the topic either. We're both learning. I do imagine that the biggest challenge is all of the work that happens behind the scenes before this, before the maternity leave starts, you have a Mm -hmm. lot of responsibility and I'm sure that that varies depending on the person. I know you very well, and I know how much pressure you put on yourself to make sure that your students are well cared for and they continue to be challenged. So in watching you prepare and get this substitute comfortable, you've put a lot of pressure on yourself and you've made a lot of efforts to uh, ensure that everyone stays on the, the route that they're supposed to be on. So what has been, would you say, your first step in this process? Well, the first step happens, at least in this situation, it happened a lot without me, which was the selection of who your maternity leave replacement is going to be or who your your long-term replacement is. In good news, they selected someone who is just so open to learning. And really, when I got to meet with him for the first time, he said to me that he wants to keep my classroom running almost identically to how I've already had it established. That must have been such a relief for you. Yeah. um, I think that 
him articulating that really made me feel like this is going to be a huge team effort. And I was able to communicate that to my students because they may never have had a maternity leave replacement either. And so this is kind of new to them and they're, they're not really sure what's going to happen. And they're also not sure what is acceptable to ask and not to ask because it's, it's kind of a, a sensitive subject and could be not polite very quickly. <laughs> mm, yes. I was curious about that, the student perspective. How did you handle that? When did you decide to talk to your students? How did that go? Well, I definitely did some research before I spoke to my students about it, because I think it certainly depends on what grade level you have, how much you need to explain to your students, um, because they might just conceptually not get what is going on <laughs> at all. Um, even high schoolers. <laughs> even high schoolers. Um, and for me, the disconnect that some of the high schoolers have had has been with, like, what is kind of going on with me at any certain time. So for example, um, I ended up, instead of telling my class, like standing in front of the classroom and explaining to my class exactly what was going on, because it was very early on in the year that I would have been doing that. Um, I announced it to the volleyball team, first and foremost. Um, we had the entire program sit down. Some of these girls have known me for years at this point so that was the way that I felt most comfortable delivering the message and then from there they were able to just tell everybody so I never felt like I needed to out and out address it with my students if I didn't feel like that was comfortable um I am not the kind of person that shares a lot of personal information in the classroom so mm -hmm. I feel like it would have been really awkward and out of character yeah I did have students ask me probably not too long after that if I was um, how pregnant I was. And that was phrased in a lot of really weird ways. Um, <laughs> some of them just straight up asked me, like, are you nine months pregnant? And at that time, I was like five. And so that didn't really feel great. Um, <laughs> there were other students who just like said it in kind of a, an odd way. And I always appreciated when a student asked me, personally rather than in front of yeah. the entire class because I know for me when they ask me something that is not related to our course material that's just what I say and I don't care what the off-topic question was mm -hmm. like how is this related to Romeo and Juliet for right. the Odyssey right. and they're like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you should say that about um, the way in which you chose to discuss your students and the people that you chose to tell first I've seen, especially on Instagram, a lot of elementary school teachers will mm -hmm. really involve their class in yeah. the gender reveal or even the name reveal. Mm -hmm. And I always find that very interesting. And it might be because I don't have experience working with that population. And maybe there's a method to that. And in engaging with the students and having them part of the journey, then maybe I'll be more receptive to a new person coming in and having that as their new teacher and making that all part of the same sort of process. But I can understand the way that you approached it as well. I think I probably fall under the same say, approach because I think also with high schoolers, it's just, it's just different. It would be a little, uh, it wouldn't be in, at least in my character, like you said as well, to reveal it in a way that was, um, you know, in the spotlight or, or something that was like very, very personal. So I completely understand. You chose the girls that were close to you, your volleyball players, and I, I know how sweet these girls are, and I'm sure they responded in a way that was just so perfect. So I think that totally makes sense for your personality, and I imagine for those listening, 
it is a highly personal choice, the way in which you decide to tell people in your, in your school setting. Yeah, we, um, we actually, all three of the coaches, we got the teams together. And the way I announced it was that I told them that we were adding our first ever boy to the program because Aww. at that point I, I knew the gender. Um, and I will say that when it has come up in the classroom, because obviously there, there's kind of no way to, to hide being this pregnant. Um, and they're at this point, they, um, the students who have wanted to talk about it have wanted to know if it's a boy or a girl and they, like very loudly advocate for me naming my child after them (laughs) that that has been most of the experience probably could have anticipated that knowing your kids (laughs) um I also imagine that depending on how you are doing and how you're feeling you may have to have these conversations with your students earlier because if you are really really sick if you are um Maybe you are like eating in between classes or something like that, because that's the only way that you can kind of like deal with what is happening to your body. Mm. It it might cause a little bit more need for explanation as well. Um, And again, it was close to the beginning of the year when I was kind of like making this announcement and I didn't feel like I knew my students very well. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Highly, highly personal, but you managed to do it in a way that felt right for you. And that's, that's so important. So important. So Danielle, in prepping for your leave and Mm -hmm. in communicating with your supervisor, and luckily you've been in communication with the person who's going to be replacing you. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's because you made that happen. I'm sure for a lot of other teachers, they are in the position where they're not necessarily able to see that person as regularly as you have been able to, which is super lucky. And you also make yeah. that effort. Um, what would you say is a huge priority for you or something that's really important in these couple of months leading up to the maternity leave? So I know that because of the situation that I've been in, I was able to talk to the sub about exactly what he was kind of like looking for and what he was concerned about and what he wanted to have access to as soon as possible. Um, So in our first conversation, obviously we talked about the material that I had already covered um, and the material that I still needed to cover, which I think is going to be whether you talk to the person in person, face-to-face, or you're leaving like um, either lesson plans or a long email, I think that's going to be pretty much par for the course. I didn't realize how much he would want to make sure that he keeps everything exactly the same. So he asked me for a copy of all of my like seating charts right away, um, including any notes of behavior that I had observed, like kids that I know based on the time of the year it is, like don't have these kids sit together or things like that. Yeah. Um, If I could just interrupt you for a second. The yeah. seating chart and notes reminds me a lot of the episode that we did with Nikki Dingrado, the Sprinkle Top teacher, in mm-hmm. her lesson sub planning. I understand that it's typically used for a, t- a temporary leave or just a couple of day leave, but in this situation, I'm sure you could use a lot of that same structure in planning all the essentials as she has them, the seating charts, student behavior, student needs, medical things. Yep. So that's nice. Yeah. You could turn to that if you needed to. Definitely. No, that's... That is an excellent point. And even if you're thinking about that way before the person who's going to long-term take over for your class, 
if whether you're pregnant or you're just dealing with some sort of uh, medical issue, you might not know when you need just a day or two off because Mm -hmm. you have to go in and see the doctor, something's not going right, things of that nature. So it'd be great to have one copy of all of that for your long-term sub and one copy for whoever's in for that particular day. Yeah, so true, so true. Thanks, Nikki, for that one. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Nikki. Um, In addition to the, like, seating charts and notes on student behavior, uh, my sub also wanted to make sure that he washed my normal, like, everyday routine because he wanted to keep class very, very consistent. So one of the things that I didn't realize is how consistent each of my days really is because the activity is so varied or the literature that we're discussing. Sometimes I almost didn't realize the exact patterns that we were falling into until he came and said it after watching a bunch of my classes. Um, But I found that to be really helpful that he articulated that back to me when I was actually putting together some Uh, material for him to use for upcoming classes would you say that it's at least a goal maybe not necessarily for a long extended period of time but at least maybe one day having that sub come in and observe you and go through your day yeah I think that would be awesome I know that because this is the first time that I'm going through this I did try to do a little bit of research to see what other people's experiences were like and some people had their subs with them for a long time and actually ended up almost like uh, teaching half the day and then the sub would teach the other half of the day so it certainly depends on what district that you're in but I think that these are things that will make the transition so much easier for both the sub and the students. So true. I mean, my students have now seen him sitting in the back of the room for, you know, half a week. They, they come into the classroom, they greet me because I'm standing at the door and then they, they greet him because it's kind of just the routine that we're, we're in. No, that's awesome. Uh, And with that, I imagine that classroom management, student behavior will also improve when that changeover does happen. Um, I mean, you're Mm -hmm. lucky in the way that you've had this person in so many times and therefore have been able to form a rapport with this person and your students have as well. But even just a one day, if you can just have your students see the level of trust that you've been Mm -hmm. able to hopefully develop with that person. And I think that, you know, for someone who's taking over, it's likely going to be a huge adjustment and scary for them. So trying to keep in mind how your students might respond and doing everything Mm -hmm. you can to ensure that there's a... A, a real, um, they can really see the connection between the two teachers and it's not going to be such a drastic change. Their, their lives aren't going to be disrupted because that's truly what these high schoolers care about. In the end. Yeah, no, with, without a doubt. And there were actually a few times that uh, he and I were talking like between class periods. So I wasn't standing in my normal place by the door as students entered. And one of the students like looked around, thought I wasn't there and said, oh, wait, I've got this. I can be you. And took my spot at the door and greeted everybody <laughs> as they came in. Um, yeah, so I think that uh, you're absolutely right. Conveying that you trust the person who is coming to take over, I think really inspires confidence that your students should have faith in that person too. I know that one other thing that my sub asked me for is any old quizzes and tests that I make so that way he can try to replicate the same exact pattern. Yeah. He wants to make sure that what students are used to is what they get for the rest of the year. So because I have mine set up with like multiple choice, then quote ID, and then like uh, short 
very short um, essay writing. Uh, he wants to use that exact format. So I showed him, um, I told him I would just share the documents with him in Google Drive, um, kind of like what Nikki had recommended in her episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, awesome. And then when it comes to lesson planning and things like that, how do you manage mm -hmm. that? So I'm sure that every school is different with what they require for both their typical teachers as well as their long-term subs. But I know that the sub that is coming in, he's got a lot on his plate to begin with. So one of the things that I'm happy to share with him is any of the like old material that I've used and just the template that I use for creating my lesson plans. Mm. Our school doesn't have one like standardized template. So if he uses mine, it's a little bit easier for him to copy and paste that. And it's one less thing he needs to try to reinvent. Just like always, do you help to ensure that your students have enough structure to be successful? <laughs> and it sounds like you're doing the same for your long-term subs. So I'm sure he's very appreciative of that. I sure hope so. Yeah. Um, I, I know what my students have coming up in the spring of ninth grade. And it is the time of year when we do one of the absolute biggest projects. So for that reason, I want to make sure that they are really ready to go. And as I've taught both ninth and 10th grade at the school, I know what they're going to need for next mm. year. And so I want to make sure that no matter who's standing in the front of the room, they get that. And so whoever they have as 10th graders, they'll still be prepared. Yeah, yeah definitely. So Danielle, it sounds like you're doing everything you can to make sure that this person feels as supported as possible. I imagine you just have a million and one questions flying around in your head, all these lists that you need to accomplish. You're a big list person. I do love lists. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, when you're just thinking to yourself, okay, what are the tasks I need to complete by the end of the year? What do I want my students to be able to do? What should they mm -hmm. be able to do to be successful in 10th grade? What are the major yep. questions that you're asking yourself that you're looking to then implement in lesson plans that you share with the sub or the ways mm -hmm. that you help your students at this particular moment be prepared so that their sub can take over the best possible way? Yeah. So when I was coming up with what exactly do I need to do in order to make sure that everybody is ready to have a smooth transition, it really kind of boil down to seven key questions for me that I think are relevant no matter what grade level you teach, what time of the year you're leaving, things like that, or even why you're leaving. I think all of these really make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so the first question that I came up with, and I alluded a little bit to this before, would be what standards or parts of the curriculum map have yet to be accomplished and need to be taken care of by the time you return? So for me, we have a major research paper that the students have to accomplish. And that meant that I needed to prioritize making sure that the students knew how to do that and that the sub could have kind of a clear guideline on what is expected. Um, I know for a lot of schools, this might be the first time that this sub is at your school and probably isn't as familiar with the standards or the curriculum map as you are. So by making sure that you really can elevate what's important and like bring out those points, they don't have to try to decode that for you. So true. And I imagine your own worry when it comes to leaving mm -hmm. your students for as long as you will be is, will they be prepared? Will it be my fault that in 10th grade, they're not 
where they are. And I'm sorry to call that out because I'm sure that's something you're thinking about in the back of your head. Yes. But it's something that you're working so hard to combat and you're doing such a wonderful job with that. And I think that that first question totally hits the nail on the head. Along with all the other things that they need to accomplish, what's the major Mm -hmm. skill or skills that they need in order to be successful? Right. And that brings me to question number two, which was what can you reorder or pre-teach to help make that transition easier on everybody? Um, In the past, when I've taught the research paper, I've always taught one critical step of the research paper, and then I have students go and implement it. So if I'm teaching them how to use the library research databases, then after we've talked about that for a class, the very next class, they come in and they actually find two of their scholarly sources. Um, Same kind of thing with making a thesis statement or whatever else. Because I am leaving, I had to change it up a little bit and I have pre-taught all of the steps of the research paper. And every time I did that, I kept reiterating, like, guys, it is so important that you have extensive notes on this topic, because when I'm not here, you're doing this on your own. And I know you can, but you need to be making sure that you've really, really got this. Mm. Um, And I think that that has made the students kind of take their note taking more seriously and it's made them ask more questions I think which has been really really useful nice how about when it comes to actually helping the sub get all of the day-to-day tasks done there's so many administrative things managerial things that mm-hmm. need to happen a lot of electronics <laughs> how do you yes. handle that um and I'm sure that this entirely depends on your school district. I think that discussing it with either the sub or your department chair or whatever, making sure that either the sub gets the access to the accounts that they need to access, or you have a way of transitioning over any login information and passwords that the sub will need to access and keep it all in the same spot. For my class, we use a subscription website that kind of takes the place of the student's uh, grammar and vocab book every year and students are required to buy it they have to be using it in class and the sub absolutely needs to have access to that information I think sometimes we think about you know our grade book how to post homework things like that but we might forget about those like extra things like the blended learning portion of your class right no it's so important and I think for an outside person who's trying to maybe help make this transition easier, like your director, supervisor, whoever, mm-hmm. whoever may even overlook that. So just being really yeah. detail-oriented about your day and pointing out that this is an essential part of what the students need access to. So it's important to point that out. And especially if it's not something that would be recognizable to just like the average person. If it's something that you know your school district uses, but maybe the district even in the very next town doesn't use that, don't take for granted that the sub is going to know how to do it. And there's obviously varying levels of comfort that subs are going to have with the amount of technology. (laughs) And that's something you may have to account for as well. Yeah. So going along with question three is question four, what training can you provide to help the sub adjust to your school's culture, expectations, or policies? 
obviously for you as the teacher at that school, you know when you need to turn in your progress reports, interims, whatever your school calls it, or, or you're familiar with the fact that the school requires it to be submitted in this like very specific way. These are the kind of things that are probably talked about in some sort of like first year teacher meeting, but for a long-term sub, again, it might be the kind of thing that kind of falls through the cracks and nobody's talking to them about. Yeah. And I think one of the things that you've done really well, and just speaking to you about this one-on-one, you've set this person up with a number of contacts at the school that have then offered to help and support this person in all things (laughs) related to school (laughs) and the tech stuff as well can mm-hmm. be extremely overwhelming for really anyone, but especially someone who's not familiar with all of the intricacies of a LMS. So with mm-hmm. that, you've done your job and spelling all this out for them. But then you also take it a step further and know that it's not going to go perfectly the first time. <laughs> so providing yeah. them a support system is essential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually my next uh, question. Who at the school can be your sub support when you're not available? Whether And I think that having more than one person to direct them to is a really good idea. So that way that one other person doesn't get totally burnt out or feel like the entire thing is being put on their shoulders. Mm. So I have one person that I recommend they go to if they need help with tech. I have one person that I recommend that they go to if they need help with this part of the content, if it's like the writing portion. If it's the literature portion, instead, I think they should go and speak to the person who uh, is like the other uh, teacher who teaches at the same exact level that Mm -hmm. I do. So by making sure that they have the point person for each of these things, I think that we're, we're giving them a little bit more guidance and making sure that everybody is avoiding some, some potential burnout that, be, that could be heading their way. It's definitely a wise move on your part. I think other teachers will definitely appreciate that as well, not being uh, constantly bombarded with questions and, and all that. So yes, it's a smart move. And that leads us to question number six. Mm-hmm. Talk about your favorite resources, subject matter, all these things that students will be really accustomed to. Maybe mm-hmm. they see a particular kind of vocab game. I know yes. how much you love using resources like that. So how do you handle that? So because my sub was able to come and observe my classes, um, I told him that in addition to coming to see what an average day looks like, I really wanted him to come and see what a prep day for a test looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and the schedule worked out so that way he could, and that was excellent. When I am reviewing for a test, I, like you said, uh, really enjoy using either like Kahoot or Quizlet Live or something of that nature. So he was able to witness that firsthand. And then because he was unfamiliar with those particular sources, again, this becomes a what accounts does the sub need access to or what are the things where they can create their own account and maybe follow your account, things like that, with just a little bit of guidance. So true. And it helps make your students feel even more comfortable in this setting, Mm -hmm. knowing that their routine isn't going to be completely changed. So I can totally understand that one. And it's something that the students really look forward to. Yeah. Like whenever we're going to have a quiz or a test, they're like, oh, but at least we get to play Kahoot. And so I think that if that were to suddenly go away, it would be something they'd be a a little bit bummed about. And I think that 
he could see that as well. And so I really do appreciate that he said that he really wants to keep that consistent. So I was able to walk him through how to use those two resources. And because he saw me implement that, them in class, he was actually like at that point sitting behind me as I was kind of like going through the the tech setup behind it. Not that it's difficult, but if you don't know what you're doing, you've never seen it before. Of course, it's something you'd want to take notes on. Yeah. And leads us to our very last point. You mentioned a couple of times how you've done research, you've looked for support systems yourself, and what is a totally new process for you? You've never gone through the steps of preparing for a long-term leave and yeah. leave of all things. So it's exciting. And at the same time, you have just so many questions that I'm sure mm-hmm. you're just looking for answers in all different places. How did you find the right supports? So I think that a lot of the time we're trying to make sure that our students are feeling supported and that the sub who's coming in is feeling supported, but you want to make sure that you're getting support as well. If there is someone at your school who has recently been through this, that's the first person I would talk to. Every single school is going to be a little bit different. The policies that you have, um, the expectations, things like that. But I think that if you can talk to someone else who has this direct experience, that's where I would go to first. It really makes me think about some of the other episodes that we've had, like when we spoke to Heather and she was talking about just transitioning from grade to grade, that some of the best resources were just talking to other people in her network. And I think that sometimes we kind of neglect doing that, especially because something like this type of leave might seem personal. Yeah. But when I have gotten the opportunity to talk to other people at my school who have been through something similar, it's made me feel a whole lot less alone in the process. And that's been really nice. Yeah. The other thing that I would say is that you want to make sure that you get yourself informed about whatever policies will kind of pertain to your leave outside of your school. So depending on what state that you live in, things might look very, very different for a maternity leave in New Jersey versus Alabama versus Wisconsin, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, Danielle, I think we tackled it all. Not only did we answer, well, we, we outlined your seven questions that you're asking yourself and addressing in the way that you communicate with your long-term sub, but we also tackled all of the prep needed and the ins and outs of how to make this person who's caring for your students while you're away feel as comfortable as possible. Mm -hmm. And if I may say so myself, it sounds like you've done such a wonderful job with this. So I'm sure (laughs) your students are just going to be comfortable. They're going to be feeling confident based on all that you've done to help them get there. So good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I sure hope so. And I guess we'll have to find out come September how they how they fare yeah (laughs) but don't worry I will be back on before September promise (laughs) well congratulations again and we can't wait to share some stories about little baby boy (laughs) yep so make sure that you follow us on Instagram in order to get all of the exciting news and updates and If you weren't able to take notes on this episode, and this is something that applies to you, you can find a handy dandy one page printout of this 
in our resource library. It's free. Go ahead and hop over there. There are so many great resources to access. Thanks again, Danielle. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to learn more about us and the services that we offer, head to everything.com.